Churned is a good word. It's actually, you got to watch how you describe your food nowadays. I've learned this, like, when you are a server, which I really feel like every single person in the world should have to be a server. Or Words are important. Work within the customer service industry. Yes. Um, but uh, when people would um, use the words heavy or rich, like, if you are going to sell somebody a lobster bisque, you want to say that this lobster bisque is creamy yes. and rich. Yes. You don't want to say that that soup is heavy. heavy. Because if you're going to have a lobster bisque, you're not going to do lobster bisque three times a day. No. And if you are, I feel really bad for your uh, everything toilet. because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And for your lot. butt. Yeah. It's <laughs> not fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number three of My Thing Is. It's a special Valentine's Day edition. We're celebrating VD. This week, we get down with VD and talk about my new lady crush, Anna Howard Shaw. My brother Mark gives us his opinion on toilet paper and bidets. And I quit everything I've ever started in my life to start a new career in gaming. That's right, gaming. It's time to start the show. Let's go. All right, well, let's just kick it off with the word of the week. All right. I'm super excited. I actually have two words for you this week. Um, words of the week. Words of the week. So we've got two this week. At this rate, we're going to be writing essays by the end of the year. Well, that's my plan for everybody here is to write some essays. Get some writing back into the world. So um, last week we had... um, Collie wobbles. Yes, a really fun word, collie wobbles, which meant nervous. Um, I thought it was a fun word to use. I hope you guys have found time and not the right place to use it in your life. But this week I've got some special words coming to you. The first word of the week is flapdoodle. 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 It's an actual word, and it means untrue. Untrue. Flapdoodle means untrue. Um, okay, yeah, I definitely going to need it in a sentence. Now, flapdoodle used in a sentence would be like, you are the last person I would ever expect to hear that kind of flapdoodle from. Enough of that flapdoodle. I am disappointed in that flapdoodle. I am flapdoodly disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now the second one. I think that you're really going to like this. The second word is nipperkin. But the even better, you can actually shorten that nipperkin and just use the little phrase one nip. One nip. Yep. So let's just say you're at a bar. I feel like I've seen this before, actually, in a movie or something, in, like, an English movie. And they say, what do you want? Yeah. And you say, I'll take a nip of that ale. Just a nip. Just a nip, you know? I have heard that phrase. That means it's just half a pint. Just half pint right there. I think that that's good. You could also refer to it as an ice cream. Oh, how much ice cream do you want today? I'll take... A nip of that vanilla bean. And punch that guy in the face because nobody eats less than a gallon of ice cream in one sitting. That's true. Hey, I'm Matt. And I'm Josh. And this is Not Not Your Your News. News. I don't know why I decided to sing it this time. You know this. Everyone else is about to know this too. I love dogs. What? We have two dogs uh, in, in the household and absolutely love them. So one um, particular dog actually did a very heroic thing this past week. This is something that happened in uh, in New York, not in the city of New York, but in kind of upstate New York. Um, a dog, which was uh, uh, actually a pit bull, police started in this little town in upstate New York, started getting 
calls about a very loud pit bull running and, and barking up and down the streets of this town. Well, come to find out when the police came to find this pit bull in the middle of the street, that the pit bull ran back to the home where it came from. It was sort of like pull a lassie a little bit and tr- was warning people and the police and trying to get help because there was a major gas leak in the basement of the family home. And so then the family luckily wasn't home at the time, but the, but the pet, the pit bull was able to get out of the basement by removing a block that was holding the sliding glass door closed, was able to get out, uh, jump the fence, warn police, warn the community that there was this gas leak going on, really protecting uh, the dog's family. I just think that that speaks so much to the, like the loyalty of dogs and to how intelligent they are. Um, it's, it's amazing. And so I'll say, I'll say this, I'll say, number one, dogs are freaking amazing. Our dogs are like my heart and I love them and they're amazing. Number two, if you are going to get a dog, if you want a dog, if your child wants a dog for their birthday or for Christmas or for whatever, great, grand, wonderful adopt, don't shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are so many dogs out there who need rescuing. And who knows, maybe yours will smell a gas leak and go warn the entire neighborhood and, and the whole town and the police and everything. We have two Italian greyhounds, so they're they're purebred. And so many times we've been asked, oh, how much do they cost? We're like, mm, they was free because they was adopted. Well, I mean, you know, there's an adoption fee. Yeah, but it's like a, a minimal, not, like a, a minute. It's not, right. You're, you're not spending thousands of dollars to, so, a, I mean, there's, to a breeder. Yeah, there, there's purebred dogs everywhere. And um, a lot of them need rescuing. I know that our dogs are amazing. I don't think they smell gas. They just produce it frequently. Well, yeah. And it smells sometimes like sour milk. Mm. And sometimes it just smells like pure death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we I, still love them. There reminds me of that time that I was lying in bed and I woke up and I thought, this is it. I'm I'm dying. I, I, I smell something. It, it was almost like burnt toast. It was in my nose. And it was just sparky. And he was just, just farting in my face. And... I was like, thank God. And I was like, why the hell are you farting in my face? But at least it wasn't a stroke. <laughs> I mean, there is that. All right, so my good news. Well, I mean, it's sort of good news. I guess it is. But in the little acting world, my little acting world, and everyone else's acting world that I like to speak of, what I want to touch Wait, on today... Who's whose acting world is it? Everybody's acting world. And what I want to touch on <laughs> is being your authentic self. Which is funny, right? When you're an actor, one of the biggest things I love about being an actor is portraying someone else. Because let's let's face it, sometimes life life is not fun all the time. There's going to be moments in your life where you want to escape. My escape is performing. My escape is being someone else. However, what I have learned and something that I try so hard in the past to, I guess, ignore is to be your authentic self. And what I mean by that is... There's something about you that you put into every single character that you go out for, and that is what casting directors want to see. You may be going in for a a, a psychopath who killed 18 kids and his mom and and like loves like hairless cats. But really, when you walk into that casting director's office, they're still going to see part of you. And I know that sounds crazy, but they do. They want to see what it would be like for the crazy sociopath to actually be a funny, nice guy that has your personality. They want to see a part of you. And another example is that is that I spent years 
trying and learning how to not speak with my southern accent, which I grew up that was very, very thick for a very long part of my life. And I did that because it was easier for me not to talk with it in order for me to be able to play other parts because it would it'd be hard for me to be, let's say, like Guys and Dolls and play like Sky Masterson and be like, hey, Sarah, you won't go out, you know. I'm from New York, I swear. You can go with the Big Apple. So it became hard for me to talk like this. And so I had to basically learn a new language, which was how to speak non-regionally, which Matt is, of course, familiar with as a journalist. Well, I mean, I used to have a very thick Southern accent growing up, too. And it's like, and you were always taught, you know, don't have that because that's not what people... People don't want to hear this right here on the, on the, on the radio or on the TV. But, you know, sometimes they do. And the reason I bring this up is because probably over the past, I would say, even eight years, the one thing that I, I tried so hard to suppress, which was how I originally spoke as a person, is what has got me cast repeatedly. People want authenticity. They want someone, if you have a Southern dialect, they want to hear a real Southern dialect. And because I can tap back into and talk with it without... Any issue, and it's actually very easy for me just to go back to what I used to. I have gotten cast multiple times because of my ability to do so. One of which was doing Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a little video game that y'all might have heard of. So the point is, always remember who you are. Never forget who that person is. Whether that's your dialect, who you are as a person, who you love, what makes you tick, and what makes you a person. That is what casting directors want to see. Even when you're going in to play something that's completely opposite of you, they still want to see who you are as a person. They don't want a robot. They just don't. And that's something that took a, a while for me to, to realize is that the things that I used to suppress so much about myself are the unique qualities that people are actually searching for. They want that authenticity. They want you to be you, even when you're playing somebody else. So the moral of the story today, authenticity. Dogs are amazing. And if you want to get a dog, adopt, don't shop. Adopt, don't shop. Adopt, don't shop. Well, that's it for Not Your News. I'm Matt. And I'm Josh. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, you feeling social? You can follow me at Josh Retnoble. That's J-O-S-H-R-H-E-T-T-N-O-B-L-E on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on social media at Matt J. McClure. That's M-A-T-T-J-M-C-C-L-U-R-E on Twitter or Matt McClure NYC on Instagram. Well, thank y'all for that good news there, Josh and Matt. I also grew up with a thick Southern accent myself, so I've been working real hard to jimmy my way out of it. Right, Mark? Yeah, me not so much, but I believe you. Anyway, thanks, boys. Hey, I wanted to add something to that Pitbull conversation there. Not the actual Pitbull, the singer. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk about the Pitbull breeds. What I've noticed is that people who think all Pitbulls are bad dogs are the kind of people who think that the sun shines out of their kid's ass. True. Is that what you've come across in life? Yeah, definitely. I've I've met like people that are like, oh, pitbulls are awful, but look at my beautiful child strangling that other child, expressing himself in a way that I don't think is dangerous to the other child. My kid's yeah. just trying to let his anger out. I think it's it's very easy to look at one case of one thing and be like, oh, everything of this color or this shape or this right. size is leash that. that dog, but don't tell me how to you know control like, my disobedient bratty ass kid. He can run free if right. he wants in this this extremely nice restaurant. I'm not gonna. 
tie up my child or even leave him at home with the babysitter. Yeah, it's like get a leash. Yeah. Or like... Get your tubes tied. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, get some <laughs> <birth> control. <laughs> but only for those parents, not other Because I've met some really well-behaved kids in my life. Yeah. I've also met some very well-behaved pit bulls. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, because I know it's all Last night, last night we were eating dinner at a smaller restaurant. Yes, and um, was there awesome. was a pit bull that came and sat right next literally to us. Literally walked in. It was be- so friendly. It was beautiful. She. It was a girl I found out right at the end. See, I'm a dick right there. I went really <laughs> like... He. All pit bulls are he. So sweet, though. Such a nice dog. And it was like uh, bluish gray. Yeah. It was, I mean, she was just incredible. It was funny because we're just eating, and I thought I thought Don was playing footsie with me. <laughs> I'm like, Don, what are you doing? What are you he's doing? All like, and he's like just like in the middle of a, you know, a you know, quantum mechanic theory or something. And and then I look down, and I'm like, oh, it's a dog. It's a <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so um, thanks again, guys. That was an awesome segment. It's time for another episode of Word Association. So this is a really fun game you can play either at home or if it's appropriate enough at work. You can do it at parties. But you just get a word that could have double meanings. Mine tend to be things that are pretty inappropriate. And you tell them to people to see how perverted their mind is. And then you make choices, life choices, about if those people should be your friends or not. If they should still be in your life. Yes, which, I mean, my life is filled with them. So thank you guys that make my life complete. Um, Also, uh, I would like to note really quick, if I do say a word and my brother responds with anything that shouldn't be heard uh, by our listeners' ears, you're going to hear something where we censor that garbage that he speaks um, with a little something that sounds like this. Inappropriate. So I'm going to go ahead. I got four words for you today, Mark. Okay. Um, and remember, you cannot, it's the first word that pops into your head. It's okay? very hard. I know. This is really hard. You but Just think it. Yeah. You try to refine it before you even say Don't. it. Don't. You're not allowed to think. So ready? The first word is angina. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> angina. And he obviously said... Oh, man, that was a Actually, trick. for all of, uh, everybody out there who doesn't know what angina is, angina is actually um, chest pain caused by insufficient blood flow. So, I thought it was um, shredded chicken and cheese. Angina. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of fajitas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, word number two. This next one. Um, is a really good one. And I really, I want to make it, I wanted to make it a word of the week, but, um, it didn't quite make it to, to the top two this week. But, um, the next word, word number two is bum fiddle. Bum socket. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but. Well, you know what? That was the first That's what this game does to me. That's what you this game does You don't get a point for that one, though. So I think this is the first time you met. You're like, you somehow are losing points. You somehow points. lost this game. No, bum fiddle is actually, it means to harm or attack. To right? harm or attack? Yeah. It really does not sound. It, it sounds pretty pacifist, honestly. Like, bum fiddle sounds like I'm going to play you some music while you play with my calm mom. down. Calm down. <laughs> okay, the next one is, um, I, I had to say, like, my mind went racing when I heard this next word. Oh, no. Um, because it really is. It could be so inappropriate, but it's really the most appropriate word that you could ever have. Um, and that word is dream hole. <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> so, um, actually, a dream hole is a small opening made in the wall of a steeple to allow light in. 
Yeah, but when I when I read that, I I thought it was to let something else in to that dream hole. Yeah, Jesus. Number four. <laughs> um, this is another really interesting word, um, and I I know you're not going to get it, but it is fartlek. <laughs> salt lick, honestly, but like, but made out of farts. Fart, like fart, a salt lick made out of like all the farts. I imagined like uh, you, your flatulence being solid and not gas, mm-hmm. and then you turning around and being like, you funny. I just imagined myself jumping off of a bridge if that ever became like <laughs> your gases became an immediate solid. <laughs> You're like, ah. um, no, a fart lick is a style of training in which runners alternate intervals of running fast and running slowly. And I wanted to actually see if our guest today, uh, Miss Liz Farrow, knew what um, fartlicking was because she's a runner. She's a marathon runner. And I will tell you that I don't know if I could ever run a marathon. I would. I only run if, if someone's chasing me. Yeah, to that's tell you fair the enough. Truth. And even then, I might like fall down and just say, "Do what you will with me. Just don't hurt my face." Yeah, you're the woman in the film who like trips on the first stick that she sees, and you're yeah. like. Ah! You know, guys fall too. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying, no, guys are the ones who, like, they have, like, that scene where, like, they go to use the the mm-hmm. um, the weapon heroically, and then they fuck it up, yeah. no matter how, what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. That's, like, in every scary movie. Like, or, there's those two scenes. You can always count on those. There's always the scene, too, where, like, and I, I'm going back to Silver Bullet right now in my head, but the scenes where it's, like, the bullet falls through the radiator, and, like, they're it's so close to their finger. They're oh, just, they're you're constantly, like, uh-huh, They're uh-huh, touching uh-huh. it, but uh-huh. then, like, they flick it so far so they're like touch touch shoot I just accidentally no. flicked it 30 feet away um, if I had a human hand I could have got that yeah but instead but I, I act like, like a I was fucking just... maniac <laughs> or I just poked <laughs> at it like it was a dead like me me um, yeah so that is our segment of word of for the week come back again next week for another segment of word of bye Inappropriate. Okay, turn off that little metronome. Um, so um, I've been online a lot lately, and I've been I've been like really trying to um, avoid Facebook um, only because I feel like it's become opinion book. Oh but I, I have seen a lot of really cool articles that I've not seen before because I've deleted half of everyone I've known because. Facebook is the new norm of to like let people know how shitty of a person you are. Um, so it can be helpful. Um, but I found this article the other day and it asked the question of, uh, would you rather use toilet paper or would you rather use a bidet? And for people who don't know what a bidet is, it's literally like a tiny little bath for your butthole and for your uh, other uh, little bits down Dang. there or not so little bits um, to just make sure you're 100% clean because there, I mean, it is a fact and we can use our little fact sign here that toilet paper does not clean that area up as well as it should. No, because I mean, it can't like get in all the fix. crevices that right. a liquid could. Right. So yeah. when you almost like when you use water, you really do get a fresher sense of feeling down there. But also at the same time, um, it is a lot cleaner. So I, I wanted to ask you, um, well, you, you've never used it. Yeah, I was going to say, to preface this, I've never used a bidet. Have you ever I would used absolutely one of those toilets that, one. like, blow dry your butt and stuff like that? No, I've never, see, I've never, you've, oh my God. I've never, no, I've never done any of that. Would you? Would you sit I would absolutely do Isn't that. I would do the whole, yeah. any of them. You can actually buy them. They're really cheap. Um, it's like a hundred bucks. You can actually buy an attachment for your toilet. 
Um, and it will literally, it has like a tiny little hose that comes out. And it's not like an enema. You're not going to like clean your insides all the way up to your throat with water pressure. It's just something to let you know that when you take off your underwear, it's not going to look like um, one of those wooly bear caterpillars was living in the back <laughs> of your pants too. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. I don't necessarily. I've always been extremely. You're like kind of OCD about that, that kind of thing. Not to get too personal, but um, yeah, no. But then there's if you don't have the bidet. So you live the TP life. Like I live the TP life, right? Yeah. So there's tiers of the TP. Let's life. Let's talk about the TP life. Real the quick. TP life tiers would be single ply, double ply, triple ply. If you use single ply <laughs> toilet paper, don't because. <laughs> You are going to lose friends. I have never in my life, uh, some of the richest friends that I have, and we're talking, these friends of mine have millions of dollars. I will, and I'm not a public pooper. So, you know, if I stay at their house because we're, you know, we went to an event or we're going to a party or whatever, we get to drink in, it's responsible to stay over. It's also responsible to wipe yourself and do <laughs> shit. If I reach for a piece of toilet paper, that then that toilet paper feels like it's gone through the washer and dryer. And you can and see your I'm hand through it. I'm supposed to use it. it for the first time You can that see time. your hand right through it. I mean, you got to ask yourself this question. When you are going through the grocery store and you see single-ply toilet paper and it's only 99 cents for eight rolls, the other question you should ask yourself is 99 cents enough to pay for you to finger your own shitty asshole. <laughs> that is the question you need to ask yourself because every hotel... With the exception of a few that I've stayed in, really do um, use just straight up like single ply toilet paper. And I don't like that. Like even when you blow your nose, like I have allergies and I'm allergic to a lot. So if I go in and I go to blow my nose and I'm in a work meeting and I use one of their single ply tissue papers, there is mucous membrane all over my hands. <laughs> it's now on my shirt. Now just imagine what a oh, shitty goodness. ass is going to do. It's the same thing. There's force behind that. So single ply... No way. Not no. here. And if you are my friend right now and you're listening to this and you use single ply toilet paper. Get a damn bidet. What the we're fuck? Never gonna, I'm you, never coming over. So you really have a friend who maybe he's not a millionaire but has a, is very well off. Oh, I have multiple friends that just and they use choose to live, choose to choose to lose, choose to use single, single ply. ply toilet paper. I'm not. I would not lie about. It. I'm concerned. Like a lot of people in life, they're like, we need to save people. We need to get them to heaven. My thing is, is clean your I own ass. Your own, I want you to know what a clean ass feels like. Just because you're a man <laughs> doesn't mean it's cool to just walk around with skid marks. Like I'm a man. That's no. No, it's not cool. You have shit in your on your underwear. <laughs> That is oh not cool. Gosh. So I wanted to get that out there. We have to, being where we are now in the dolls and everything, we we found out from a plumber here that it's always nice to use a toilet paper that does break down easily. And there's stuff that you can get out there made from things that are double-ply or even triple-ply that do break down easily. Um, don't think you're saving the environment by getting single-ply. That could be just as harmful. And also, don't flush wet wipes down the toilet. True. That should be it. Instead of getting wet wipes, get one of a those bidet. little bidets that come. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gonna make a day. A bidet. It's, you know, a bidet will make a day. I, I've been on ones that literally have like a tiny little, um, like a dryer that comes out and dries you, so you don't have to drip dry. I'm, I'm not lying thinking, to you. I'm just thinking of more rhymes for that. A bidet will make a day. A go bidet? from nay to hooray. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like the other thing, I think the other one. But it's like a Jersey woman. Like when so. you go to sit down in the morning, if you're a morning pooper. I'm, Always. Definitely. I am, I'm on a schedule. I've got my schedule, yeah. I've I got, wake up I, Twice I a day, this poop. guy. I'm sorry. I think it's great. No, that's regulated. Yeah, I've gotten pretty regular. Um, old prune over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a ripe young prune. <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I would love to have a toilet seat that was heated. You know what I mean? Like, oh. Why is a heated seat only great in a car? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting bare it's not, ass in a car. It would absolutely be fantastic. I think that, okay, have you ever seen those ones that are like carpet? Does that not weird you okay. the hell out? First of all, if again, another thing. If you use a toilet rug, <laughs> like one of those toilet, toilet rugs rug. around your toilet, <laughs> don't. Because that is literally a piss collector. Oh if my you're God. a guy, like the, let's just be honest here. Oh my okay? lord. Have you ever been to a restaurant where you it's like they put the little piss trap into the toilet, <laughs> but it's so fresh? And you gotta pee on it. As a guy, like if you see something in the urinal, you're gonna pee on it. But you pee on the little um like that brick that they put oh, into you a can't urinal pee that directly makes like, the, the urinal cakes. Freshen. And it gets all over your pants. Yeah. Now imagine that's Literally, happening. as a toilet at home, somebody comes and you got your cute little toilet rug that's just a piss catcher. Yeah. Someone's going to take a pee there. It doesn't always stay within the toilet. No, it's like, just you can not a bad idea. I was just surprised that it's been so regular and commonplace as it has become. Because even growing up, I mean, I can distinctly remember going places and be like, this is weird, right? Like, the And then once you the learn about, seat, like, like... The toilet seat had, like, a foam cover and it was, like, soft for your butt to yeah. sit on. Like, oh, if you were sitting yeah. on the toilet that long, see a doctor. Yeah, no. It's like, like, if you actually need massage settings on your toilet, we need to... <laughs> like, a seat warmer, that's fine. You know, a little a bidet, bidet is should we're getting is clean. Everything has a purpose, but to make sure that your butt's comfortable for the I don't know forty five minutes that you're sitting in there. Like I get it. You know, the only people that should be sitting in bathrooms for longer than ten minutes are parents because parents need to have a break. Yeah, true. and sometimes I've talked to moms and dads. A lot of my friends are moms and dads, and they will tell me that getting away means they have to act like they're going to have, like, a shit attack. And still, while they're going pee or while they're pooping or while they're just faking it, little fingers are coming in from under the bathroom door like, Mom, I need a cookie. Me, Mom. Um, So they have to fake going to the bathroom. So I don't have kids or anything, but I've actually faked doing having to go to the bathroom just to, like... Sure, it can be a good social exit, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, you also have used it to get out of a lot of things. Like, I know for a fact. I've been with you. You're I like, have. ooh. They're like, hey, do you want to go see the, the Indians play? And I you're can. like, I've I have diarrhea. diarrhea. You know what, guys? I have to say this. For everyone who's listening, a good way of getting out of anything is going uh, with diarrhea or with vomiting because nobody wants to Yeah, nobody questions them. the Hershey squirts. I can and tell who, you that right And now. honestly, if you've got someone that's like, I don't believe you, show me your shit. Don't fucking hang out with them. Yeah, don't hang out with someone who wants to look at your shit. <laughs> no way. That's a problem. That is not cool. Um, actually, I, I will take that. My mom got hit, got hip to my game, though, when I was a kid. Oh. And, um, I mean, I used to do, like, the thermometer thing when I'd put it by the light. Not sure. at my butt, because I think that a lot of people thought I was going to go with the thermometer thing to make sure that I had a fever. I would just put it right by the light. Yeah, sure, I did that. Um, and that would... But one time, I remember she caught me doing that, too, and it was, like, a 110-degree fever. It's like, you should be dead. Yeah, she's like, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> Not humanly possible. I so. stuck a suction cup to my head one time, and I know if mom's listening to this right now, she'll remember this. With um, three of friends that I had in the neighborhood, they dared me to stick a suction cup to my forehead one time. Oh and I did it. A lot of us did it. And I pulled it off, and I had a perfect circle, so I went home. Yep. Okay? And mom was like, what the what hell did the hell you, did you do? And I told her I got bit by a bug. <laughs> I remember when I had for dinner that night, because she sent me to my room for lying, I ate Eggo waffles. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. It was perfect. But I lied about it, so... um, I'm not going to lie. Now. I did lie then. I did lie then. It was (laughs) not a good lie. 
I, mean, I think I even made it up. Like I was like, "What kind of mosquito would leave this big of a mark?" And you she's guys like, "A liar." This? And she's like, "No, yeah, I don't believe that." She'll call your bluff. Oh, totally. That's a mom thing and a dad thing. It's, yeah. I feel like that would be a very rewarding part of being a parent to sit across from your kid when you know they're lying and be like, "At what point are you really gonna admit to me?" I think it's knowing funny the now. full truth and being like, "At what point are you gonna tell me?" But like, if you okay, so now that was like so nerve wracking being as, a kid. But, but like, can you can you see that now? Like in the faces of other like, if you're hanging out with parents and they, they everyone starts getting a little fun and angsty and stuff like that, like. I don't know, maybe you got some drinks, and, like, they tell a fib, and they get caught in it, but they still hold on, like, their kids will to their lives. Yeah, totally. I've seen that, too, and I'm like, this is great. But about things that don't matter. You know, oh, like, yeah. it, like, little details in a story, and mm-hmm. you're like, no, that didn't happen. I was there. It happened Yes, like I did survive like, I remember it distinctly. Tell me that. And you're like, all right, Tammy, Christ. Jeez. Tammy, whatever. Tammy, get a pit bull instead of a kid. Tie it up. <laughs> This week's segment of Headcase, I'm very excited um, because my friend and author, um, Liz Farrow is in the house. We're actually, she's not in the house. We, we actually call her um, to talk about uh, what it's like to be yourself um, and, and loving yourself and loving your journey. Um, what I'm super excited about is that Liz has an amazing story. Um, we all have a story, but um, with her, it's almost like some of the things that she talks about both in her books, but in, in real life and on even on her social media site are things that people are like, I could not come back from that. And she did. She's more than come back from it. She's uh, created an amazing foundation called Girls With Soul. She helps hundreds, if not thousands of girls all over, um, really start over in life. And um, Liz and I had an opportunity to, ch- to chat once I got out to Oregon and I left Cleveland a couple of weeks back. And I got to say, guys, I, I'm not a a pro. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. Um, I What I am is I'm a person who cares. I'm a person who suffers from a mental illness. I'm a person that in the past blamed a lot of the bullshit that I let in my life, the people that I let in my life um, take me down. Um, I am not... 100% back in the game yet. I'm working just as hard as everybody else on my dreams, on my everyday happy. Um, but I, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I've got some pretty fucking cool people in my life that I want to share with people. Um, and I, I'm not afraid to talk about my dark times because I'm very happy to be be uh, a little bit out of that and, and have it behind me. So uh, with no further ado, I would like to um, introduce to you my friend, Miss Liz Farrow, and um, I would love to chat with her about being yourself uh, because really everybody else is already taken. Oh, just lovely. Is it raining <laughs> or is it snowing there? Neither. It's just, you know, kind of gray, like oh. 46 degrees, kind of blast. It's 46 degrees, though? It is right, yeah. I'm on my way down to Canton, and it's always a little warmer here than it is at home, but yeah, yeah it's not too bad. Well, look at you. That's awesome. We, um, we're we snowed in, really. I mean, Yikes. really record-breaking snow out here. In like the last 20-some years, it hasn't snowed this much, and it was funny because we came out here, and we're like, oh, poor Ohio, they're getting the polar vortex, and they're getting this and that, and then all of a sudden, literally... The day your polar vortex ended, it the snow started here. 
still snow it in? Like, can you get out? I mean, we can, we can get out. The thing is, is that the house um, that we're at is on, on top of a huge hill. And um, I mean, like really steep, like super, super high. I mean, it's like um, it literally if, being from Ohio, it looks like a mountain um, that lots of people live on. But it's not a mountain. It's just a big hill. And um you know, I, my uncle is an actuary, so, you know, he studies statistics and, you know, this, that, and the other. And, um, I told him being from the Midwest, it's, I feel like I have the knowledge and the bravery, um, to drive in the snow and to go down the hill. And he was like, that's the common mistake most people make from the Midwest after they get into an accident here <laughs> or before. Oh, they get so, cause they don't use chemicals on the snow here. So it's only like, they have to wait for it to melt and all that jazz. So nice. I spent like an hour and a half, like shoveling today. It was nice. That's a good workout. Got my workout in. Yeah. I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see one ab. So I know I'm doing something right. <laughs> you, got, you got one under there somewhere. It's under here somewhere. It's, it's buried in the keg. But um, so this segment this week on the podcast, because I know that you've got a lot going on this week and I, I want to schedule a talk with you next week. So we, we can um, talk about your book. Well, books I'd like to talk about. And I really want to focus on the, um, the guide, your power guide. Um, yeah. But this week I kind of wanted to um, just kind of give the listeners and everyone like a, a feel of who you are and um, if you've listened to the podcast, it's very like um, variety show. Like we have different segments and we talk about science. We talk about history. We talk about um, with you. I would love to talk about your marathons and your running, but also how you've taken um, what could have definitely been negative energy. And you've, you've kind of recycled that and you've turned it into something positive for yourself and not just for you, for literally hundreds, if not thousands of other girls you've helped. So. Today, um, I wanted to just focus on something quick, and, and basically, I want to start talking about, um, in the podcast, being yourself, because everybody else is taken. And I know you and I have talked about just, um, you know, about my divorce and about, you know, my hard times even before my divorce. We talked a couple weeks ago, and, and I had shined light on the fact that I didn't, as a person, after I was going through all this hard stuff, and I wanted to start over as myself and a genuine myself, there was a second there that I didn't feel like um, I was worth doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like such yeah. a low point in my life that I didn't feel like I was worth living or I was worth working um, things out or anything like that. Could you give us a little insight? Because I know, Liz, I know you personally. I respect you. Um, you're a friend. You're a mentor. But I know you've gone through some hard stuff. So in a nutshell, could you kind of just tell us, like, how you look at becoming yourself and um, some tips, just really quick stuff that people could focus on instead of the negativity? Yeah, well, I definitely know that feeling of um, not feeling worthwhile, um, worth the effort, and that's, you know, almost in a nutshell why I started Girls With Soul, because there's so many girls or people who feel that way, and it's it's a very real, scary way to feel. Like, it's super dark. Yeah. And really dark. you feel like you'll never find your way out of that, that darkness. So, um, I guess the way I look at it is... Um, finding courage somehow and finding your passions. And if you can tap into the things that you're passionate about, um, it can foster courage. And then you try something that you didn't think that you could do and you do it. Yeah. And whether it's a physical thing, for me, physical um, achievement 
bring a great sense of achievement and power in my mind. So then I can focus on the positive. And when I'm feeling down and I'm not feeling worthwhile, I can say, well, fuck, I did that. I can fucking do anything now, you know? So if you just find that thing, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a marathon or something crazy, but find that thing that really sparks passion in you that maybe you're afraid to try because you think, you know what, I'm not worthwhile, I'm not going to be able to do it. People told me I won't be able to do it. Believe me, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, And then go do it. Don, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing great. What unit of measurement do we use in America to measure weight and length and all that? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, so we use the English system right now, which is also referred to as the imperial system. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like Star Wars. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say. Uh, but um, it was a system that was developed... Um, I don't know the exact date of when the English system came about, but it's based on, like, weird things. Uh, for example, the length of your foot. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, that's, uh, that, that would be your typical measurement for a foot, the, you know, the average person's foot. What they found out, they being generally scientists and mathematicians, is you don't need to base your measurements off of some weird measurement that um, is divisible by 12s and 8s and all of these um, fractions that require uh, long division to work out. If you use a a base 10 decimal system, then something like uh, you would no longer have uh, fractional distances. It's just a much easier way of dealing with large numbers. And if everybody's using it, it's really easy. Problem is, is that like in the countries that use, don't use the metric system, 
And by the way, do you have any idea what those three countries are? America, yeah, us, um, um, Australia, and uh, Russia. Those okay, are my guesses. You know those would be really, really good guesses mm-hmm. because you know you you look at countries that aren't using the metric system and you say you probably think they'd be pretty big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the only country that's very big at all that doesn't use the metric system is the United States. Okay. There's wow. only two tiny, tiny countries in the world that don't use it besides us. Wow. One of them is uh, Burma. Okay. And the other one is uh, Liberia. Liberia. Uh, I would have never guessed those two, actually. So that's the only countries in the entire world that use, uh, that don't use the metric system. Wow. So, I mean, the translations aren't that hard. Um, you know, a yard and a meter are almost interchangeably. That's why I use that one the most when you're trying to mess with people. Yeah. And they go, so, so can you tell me how to get to such and such a place? I'll go, yeah. So you go down the street about 100 meters. Right. <laughs> and they look at you like, what? Um... And they look at you like, what are you nuts? Computations are so much easier because when, some, when you do um, go from smaller to bigger units, you know, like in English, you go from inches to, to feet to yards to miles. Yeah. And so if you go from inches to feet, there are 12 inches in a foot, and then from inches to yards, which is, an, is three feet, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, yards to miles, which is not such an easy calculation. There's 5,280 feet in a, One in a mile. mile. Yeah. But now if you're going to do it by yards, you have to divide by that 5,280 by three. Dang. Which and is simple. So gonna I'm going to let you that. tell us that answer if that's going to be a problem there. Yeah, it's going to be about a little over 1,400 yards. I was about there, too. That's good. <laughs> nice. I, I know. I should have given you another second you to have. <laughs> you know, you know I prefer my uh, my multiple choice questions. But so when you go from the, in the metric system, when you go from one unit to, you know, from successively larger units, you start off usually with, uh, and you can go way, way, way smaller, but you start off usually with a millimeter. A millimeter is about the size, if you turn a paperclip sideways. Uh-huh. That width, that really, really small width, that's a millimeter. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then when you go to the next length in the metric system, which is the centimeter, that's merely 10 millimeters. And that would make sense because centimeter is from where the base of the pinky nail is to the end of your finger. Right. If you divide that up into 10 equal parts, that'd be the size of of a paperclip turned sideways. Yep. Okay. And then if you go from a centimeter to a meter, that is a, that is a hundred times bigger. And we can keep going tenths because they have decimeters too, uh, which is a tenth of a meter. Uh, but anyway, so you go from a centimeter to a meter, that's a hundred. Then you go from a, a meter to a kilometer, that's a thousand. There's a thousand kilometer, uh, meters in a kilometer. Right. But anyway, my point is, is, is if you're going from, from big to small or small to big, in the metric system, all you have to do is move the decimal point left and right and add zeros or take off zeros. It's, there's no fractional work that has to be done. So the, the crazy thing about that is what is the most important thing to a capitalistic economy? Um, money. Money. And what base is money in? Money is based in, well, tens. Isn't it 1, ten. 5, 10, 20... It's based 
ten. Everything yeah. is based on on ten. You yeah. have a penny. Yeah. How many pennies in a dime? Ten. Ten. How many dimes in a dollar? Ten. <laughs> How many do- dollars? I mean, <laughs> could you imagine if a dollar could be divided into twelve equal parts, and you called that a dime? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, that's basically what we're doing when you look at a foot. Yeah, it is. Oh, see? Well, when you put it like that. Yeah, it seems wild when you put it like that. Yeah, so the the most important thing to a capitalistic society, which America is, is money. And you know the most important thing we're going to do with money is make sure that we have a really good way to measure it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a study done in the 1960s. It was... uh, funded by Congress. It was a three-year study to determine whether we should, as a country, go to the metric system. Really? Yes. And I remember when this was going on. The uh, results of the study was that it does make sense. It would actually pay off in the long run for America to go into the metric system, to migrate to the metric system from the English system. But it never happened. Yeah, it's the, definitely uh, not going to happen now because we don't have any money in our funds because we're building that wall. You know, we who wants to have a metric system? <laughs> <laughs> there are consequences too. I wanted to throw this out there. I know this is probably extraneous, but it's interesting. So there was a uh, trip to Mars, a mission to Mars in the seventies, and it was uh, a multinational effort. We had people from the United States. We had people from Europe all working together on this one probe. I think it was part of the International Space Agency. So when the probe got to Mars and was supposed to get ready to enter orbit, it had already formed by the planet. And when we got our readings back, it's too late. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, So there was a huge, because it was a billion-dollar satellite, or excuse me, mission. And there was a big analysis to, done to try to figure out what happened. And what happened was some of the um, a telemetry that was being sent to the spaceship was in the English system. <gasps> oh, and some of it no. Was in the system. Oh, <laughs> no. So it was not in where it was supposed to be, and it was going too fast. Ouch. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's a hefty mistake there. Yeah, yeah, it's a billion-dollar mistake. Did I tell you I was working for NASA right around that time? My wife is so happy the metric system was created. Otherwise, I'd never have had the chance to meet her. (laughs) Why won't the U.S. switch to the metric system? Because there would be mass confusion. Pounds or grams, get it? Mm. (laughs) How do we know that Darth Vader is American? because he marches to the Imperial March and not the Metric March. (laughs) 
As we all know, this last week was Valentine's Day week. That doesn't mean we all recognized it. I know I definitely did not celebrate Valentine's Day. Instead, I celebrated a special lady's birthday, that lady being Miss Anna Howard Shaw. If you don't know who Anna Howard Shaw is, I would like to tell you. She's a really interesting woman. Um, and like I said, she was actually born on February 14th, 1847. And what you probably don't even realize, because you don't even know about her, is that she loved people so much that she became one of the leaders of the women's suffrage. That's right. She worked so hard and fought so hard so women could have equal rights. I think that's very cool. Anna Howard Shaw was born on February 14th, 1847 in the UK. By the age of four years old, her father moved her to Massachusetts with the rest of her family to start a life in America. Now, just a few short years later, at the age of 12, Anna Howard Shaw's dad took up claim of nearly 360 acres of land in Michigan. He then sent Anna Howard Shaw, her mom, and five kids to live there alone. Now, her mom thought that this new place that her dad had taken up claim for, or had bought or owned, um, was gonna be like an English farm with sunny skies and meadows and flower gardens, but that was not the case. Instead, it was a forlorn and desolate place. The crazy thing about that is, is that it was 40 miles away from a post office and 100 miles away from the railroad, which basically meant they were in the boonies. But the boonies could not keep Anna Howard Shaw down, thus making her a 12-year-old badass. From working outdoors and doing jobs around the house, and we're talking crazy chores like digging wells, building fences, all that jazz, Anna Howard Shaw was the woman for the job, the young woman for the job. She even helped refurbish her own home with the help of her own siblings. Anna could not help but notice that her mom was extremely overwhelmed. She did everything she could to help out, but her mom just grew more and more depressed. And she couldn't help but almost blame her dad for this. And this is around the time when Anna felt very empowered as a woman. It was difficult for her not to blame her father for moving her mother and her four other siblings out into the boonies in Michigan. But she couldn't give up. Anna went on to do some pretty cool things against all odds. Some of those things being one of the very first women's Methodist ministers in the United States. Now sit back and think about that. I would have no problem with a woman minister. I know a lot of people who wouldn't have a problem with a woman as a minister, but we can't even let women inside of the government without being pissed off or frantic or freaking out. Could you imagine those kinds of men or even those kinds of women finding out that their church service was going to be led by a woman? Yeah, they'd freak out. I feel it's very empowering, and I know millions of other people find it empowering too. But she didn't stop there. She also became a physician, and then she became one of America's most influential leaders ever. That's right. As one of the leaders of the women's suffrage movement, Miss Anna Howard Shaw fought for women's voices to be heard. And that's exactly what happened. In 1887, Anna Howard Shaw met Susan B. Anthony, and the two of them went on to make history. 
That's right. These two women and a bunch of other badass women fought and won for women's rights. That's right. In 1920, these women won the fight to get women the right to vote. The crazy thing about this is Anna Howard Shaw died in 1919, just a couple months short of being able to see women be able to vote. I find this both sad and inspiring. We all know that we cannot live forever, but that doesn't mean we can't strive to create something that can. Anna Howard Shaw did not have a lot going for her. I mean, seriously, you guys, she was in the middle of nowhere for most of her life, but she got somewhere. She got somewhere because she worked hard and she didn't listen to anyone's opinions of what she should be doing. She also didn't let her, those opinions stop her. I admire this woman and that's why I wanted to tell you about her today. Anna Howard Shaw, thank you so much for your sacrifice and your hard work. We all appreciate it. Happy birthday to you and happy Valentine's Day too. Fuck, I have made a decision for the both of us. I'm quitting everything I've done in my life and I'm leaving on tour with Rock Band, the video game. With Rock Band. Yeah. Um, with Rock Band 1. Rock Band 4! <laughs> World Tour! There, I didn't even know there were so many different rock bands. So there were, and there was rock bands, and then there were Guitar Heroes, and then they like blended them. And now, then there was like an, a Beatles rock band. That don't know, Mark, will you tell them what rock band is? Because I, I mean, I can try to explain it, but I'm not a... I'm not um, a gamer, I'm just gay. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, so rock band <laughs> is <laughs> exactly what it sounds like it is. Um, it's four instruments, a, gu a guitar, a bass, some drums, and a microphone... Um, and you get four players, and you just go to town. You can pick easy, medium, hard, or export. 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 Expert, and, you know, varying difficulty based on what you pick. But um, it's a lot of fun because it's really not that difficult. Anybody can pick it up and play. Um, I mean, even last weekend we were playing with Donnie and Tabby, and right, these uncle, people, yeah. yeah, they don't play video games at all. They don't even like video games at all. Hate them. Hate them, But em, they hate bought em, hate an Xbox 360 and an Xbox One just so we can jam out on Rock Band when the time comes. And if that's not dedication, I don't know what is. And I will say right now, because I um, I was nervous to play this game. I mean, it takes a oh, lot yeah. of courage because, I mean, even though there's like a lot of loud music going on. But playing with us, it's it's, it's high fun. maintenance. Because but, but we, yeah, we know what we're doing. They're good. Donnie <laughs> and Tabby are fucking good. They're so good. And like, I've played it before, so I, you know, I kind of grew up playing it, so. It's a lot of pressure. It, like, you get up there and you hear people clapping and stuff, but you know what? I felt really good with my performance. It is very fun, I, though. So, yeah, um, if you've ever been interested in karaoke and you like doing karaoke, this is something that is really fun because, um, and I didn't think about it like this, but once they explained it, I was like, okay, well. Long story short, at the end of a rock band song, you get a grading, and it's a percentage yes. based um, you know, how good you did. And there's usually a little bit of feedback, like miss some vocals or could improve here. And or it's don't really ever do this again. Yeah. Or you should just <laughs> quit while you're ahead. But it's really fun to to get that score. And it's more satisfying than being in a crowd of strangers and them just looking at you. Like or like if they get up there, have you ever been to a karaoke bar and, and they've like get up there and they just start like singing a song but it's not singing it's like they're 
like reading it like a poem. Yeah, they're like, I just want to fly. Yeah. Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me, baby. Or then there's the complete opposite Uh, where you get this little like dainty thing coming in there to sing something and you're like, oh gosh, here we go. And she's like, coming on the lips of an angel. (laughs) (laughs) And she kills it. And you're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah, um, I remember going to karaoke. Uh, That's actually my worst fear, that and throwing a ball in front of people. I don't know why karaoke, because I think people go, there are people that are really shitty at performing, but really good at karaoke. Yeah, and yeah. You know, and there are people that are just shitty humans in general that are really good at karaoke. So when they beat you, being that they're such a shitty person, they just rub it in your face. Totally. Shit, that is. Um, But I will say, like, no offense to gamers, but you guys all, and I say you guys because my brother can attest, I am not the best of gamers. I love Pokemon. Um, I used to like fighting games until my brother was born, and then I got You are a classic games. gamer. Yeah. I would describe you as a classic gamer. If it's Nintendo, yes. um, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Like those levels, you know, when you start the game and it's the beginning of the level, and you walk and you go to turn back, but you can't get back anymore? Yeah. Those, like, it stops you and it's like, no, no, you uh-huh. already came from there. Those are the games I like because nothing's coming out behind yes. you. Yes. Uh, you, you like this, the, a lot of the 2D, mm-hmm. a lot of the side-scroller. 2D or not 2D? That is the question. That it's is 2D the question in, 19, <laughs> in 1986. But you're <laughs> playing a game, game right now called Forest that's um, on... PlayStation, yes, which is literally scary as hell. So yeah, um, out of I don't particularly like horror games. Mm-hmm. For me, they kind of just turned out to be um, really dark. It like like phys- like I just can't see anything when I'm playing. I You're just like, run I don't in- care about. I just the, run the into walls. The I really just need to see it happening, and usually, you yeah, can. you know, it's <laughs> like I don't I don't want to watch it. I can't watch it. I want to watch it. Well, well, The Forest is definitely the scariest game I've played. Okay, so just setting it up, it's like you. Start out, you get in a plane crash, and you wake up, and you're on an island. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your basic resources, um, and it's a survival game. So you get hungry, and you get thirsty, and you get tired. and You get horny, probably. You probably, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just thought we were talking about life's basic needs. <laughs> that's, they haven't covered that. That's in the next update. Yes, that's right. Um, it's a game like no, that. but you just got to, you know, hunt and fish to survive, and... Yeah, you start to do your thing and you you build a shelter and usually within the first couple days you start seeing some things or hearing some noises. And if you've never played the game or don't know what it's about, um, you kind of shrug it off. Yeah, okay, you watch the preview, you'll understand you're on an island um, that you share with cannibals. Just cannibals? There are a lot of different types of cannibals. (sighs) That you so there's the basic like you know just man and woman that run at you and they just yell and scream and you have to protect yourself defend yourself that kind of thing which is horrifying because it's not like it's built to be like this fighting game it's just a survival game but with you just a fighting need to feature survive. yeah it's, and if you get attacked that's when you fight but other than that you're hunting you're building a. Um, a, a shelter. Yeah, Obviously, and that's what I, I love. You it. guys build boats. We, yeah, like we all love the, it. And I have to say, like, we're big this builders. Is, when you say you're gonna game, it's fun for me because I get to stand upstairs, like I, I at the top of the stairs, and laugh at usually four to five grown men that I can hear screaming because you'll literally, <laughs> they'll be working, they'll be digging, or they'll be setting something up, or you know, setting a trap, whatever it is, and they'll like go to turn and walk around, and they'll be like. A cannibal right behind you. Oh god! Or yeah. there's like something that pops out of a cave. Okay, yeah. So this you is perfect. You can hear yourself. I can hear you. You play. Screaming. You play in a squad of four, um, mm-hmm. up to four people in a multiplayer lobby. Three friends and you, and you hop on, and you guys have a clear objective. Um, 
to survive. That's basically it. So it's like anything you can do to survive, just don't die. Um, and as you go along, you find caves and you find little bits and pieces and of the storyline. And there's a to-do list that fills out once you find different pieces. So like you find this cave and it's like you look at your to-do list and now it's like explore the cave. And you're like, uh, excuse me? Uh, hell no. And it's one o'clock in it's the morning a cave. it's pitch black. It's one o'clock a.m. pitch black outside. The cave is pitch black. All I have is light, lighter to explore it. And I know, I know that there's cannibals inside. The thing I think is really cool, and I sound old saying this, is that you no longer have to leave your house to go play a game with your friends. Like, you can literally call them and be like, hey, want to sign on and play this yeah, game? Yeah, it's and fantastic. And I find that so cool. Like, the, really, really cool. Yeah, they're the people I have best kept in touch with since moving has been my gaming friends. I don't know what episode of whatever it is, maybe like Black Mirror or something, but I just always think like, you know, you were talking about... PlayStation and Xbox, we had this conversation, and then you talk about virtual reality, and, and you had said, like, it's oh, really that's cool a whole to thing experience in itself. it, because you literally, I mean, the world around you changes, and, and my thought instantly went to, like, people that, you know, have their nine-to-fives, but then go home, they put on this virtual reality thing, and they're a rock star in these worlds, yes. and I think that's pretty badass, because well, yeah. you can do anything in these worlds. You take it a step further, people are already doing that today. I think that that's amazing. Escapism. I mean, what do you do when you get home from work? I usually masturbate. eat and masturbate and cry. Yeah, <laughs> usually. But yeah, it's just like Rock Band was this past week. It was really fun to be able to play a game that I was quote-unquote good at, but it did make me nervous, but we do have a sound clip, I think. From oh this yeah! Last weekend. Um, what was the first song? What did we open with? Something from the nineties. Not what, it, was it Creed? Did we I open feel like with I Creed? Sang, um, with arms wide open. I thought we closed because we failed that because we all were laughing. Yeah, okay, I thought we were just going to talk about the success <laughs> of the band. <laughs> it is embarrassing. You know what? I, I'm in this new phase in my life where I'm allowed. I, I'm allowing myself to admit things that didn't go right with my life, and one of the things that didn't go right with my life was choosing Creed. And that song um, that we're going to show you in the sound clip is is uh, by Three Doors Down, the band, I believe. Yeah, I think that's And it's called it. Kryptonite. Look Let's out, take Superman. a listen. What a great show this was today. I know I took some stuff from it. What about you, Mark? Um, nothing today, but Okay, next I will week tell I you what you should take. <laughs> I think the most important lesson that people should take from this week's show is don't use single-ply toilet paper. Don't buy it. Don't use it. It's down with single-ply. Yeah. Let's start focusing on the real worries of the world. Whatever. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, I would like to thank um, my friends that helped me with the show, Josh Noble, Matt McClure, my dad, and Mark's dad, Ron Eastwood, our uncle Don Thompson, Liz Farrow, Mark Eastwood, my half-brother. Exclusively. <laughs> Exclusively. <laughs> I would like to thank our listeners. Yeah, everybody listening it's at home. Pre it's pretty freaking cool. This show would just be a literal conversation over coffee if we didn't have people tuning in. And yeah. What's really cool is 
we started this as just a small project and it's really started to take off and I'm excited about it. And I, it would not happen if people weren't listening. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's just thanks for listening and like and share and spread the word. Yeah, we appreciate everything and hopefully we'll have some more for you. Oh, also shout out to Spooner. Um, yes, yeah, that's specifically for him. Apparently his company is thinking about putting um, our podcast in the newsletter. Company. Yeah, newsletter. Um, or no, he recommended us to his company's newsletter. Newsletter. That's what it was. So thanks for that, Spoon. We appreciate it and. I'm super excited for next week, though, because we have a really fun and exciting show. Um, that's because we've got some more of my friends joining and some of Mark's friends joining. But we are going to talk internet trolling, how to avoid it, but if it happens to you, how to deal with it and how to stay safe from those stupid-ass trolls. you got to pay the troll toll to get in. Troll toll. Also, we do dating apps. Literally, some of our friends stop by and talk about dating apps and what it has done for them. Liz Farrell stops back by and talks about her new book and some other cool stuff. And Josh and Matt come to us live from Ireland, so I'm super excited about that. Say bye, everybody. To be featured, ask questions, or just plain share some cool shit with us, make sure you use the hashtag MyThingIsPodcast. To catch behind-the-scenes videos, sound bites, pictures, and more, follow me on Instagram at MyThingIsPodcast. For personal and direct contact, use MyThingIsMedia at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.